So I've done a bunch of episodes on the Electoral College, the origins of it, how it impacts our elections, and the role it will most likely play in the coming election. And so one really, really simple question that needs to be asked is, well, should we just abolish the Electoral College? And the answer to that is maybe, but it's important to understand what that would take and what some of the alternatives could be. So let's start with what it would take to abolish the Electoral College. It would need a constitutional amendment, which means that two-thirds of the House, two-thirds of the Senate, and three-fourths of the state legislatures would need to agree to it. That is that is very, 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 very hard to do. And by the way, this almost happened. I was listening to an episode of The Daily on this subject, and apparently after Nixon was elected, there actually was movement to make this happen. The House wanted to do it. All of the state legislatures wanted to do it, but it was halted in the Senate by literally three segregationist senators. And so it almost happened, but then it was stopped. And then there weren't any elections after that until 2000, where the Electoral College was relevantly different than the national popular vote. And so it just kind of lost steam. But in the wake of whatever happens in November, December, and January, there might be enough movement to get something like abolishing the Electoral College going. But we'll pause right there. First, I want to talk about an alternative to the current system that does not involve getting rid of the Electoral College, and that is the Interstate Compact. And so basically, the Interstate Compact is this idea that instead of states awarding their electoral votes, choosing their electors based on the state popular vote, doing it based on the national popular vote. So for instance, Michigan would not award its electors to whoever won Michigan, but to whoever won the national popular vote in the entire US, right? And they actually wouldn't need to do a constitutional amendment to do this. Remember, the state legislatures have the authority to choose their electors in any way that they want. So they could go from the state popular vote to the national popular vote. And you would only need some states to do this. I'm not sure what the number is, but you would just need enough states to commit to this to equal 270 or be greater than 270. Because if they all said, hey, we're just going to award our electoral votes to whoever wins the national popular vote, then that candidate would automatically have enough to win the presidency, 270 or more. And the reason this could potentially work is because it would create a national popular vote without actually having to do any type of constitutional amendment. And so then you would have candidates that would be focusing not on winning particular swing states, but on appealing to the broadest possible number of voters. However, however, this does still create a problem because the national popular vote, in order to win all of these electoral votes, you don't have to win a majority of votes, just a plurality of votes. What that means is you don't need to win 51% of Americans. You just need to win more votes than any other candidate in the race. And while that doesn't necessarily seem like a problem 
it is a problem when you think about the fact that you could have 10 people running and then the person who gets the most votes ends up winning the presidency, but that person could be a QAnon candidate. That person could just be some billionaire that no one wants to see be president, but they were just able to win more votes than anybody else. Under this system, spoilers still very much matter because you could end up voting for someone who you really like, but that vote could be detracting from someone who could have beaten some fringe candidate who, for whatever reason, got more votes than anyone else. So the interstate compact is a good idea, but because it's still winner take all, because it's still one vote, because there can be lots and lots of candidates running and it's a plurality-based system, it still leaves open the possibility for some fringe candidate to become the president without actually being a majority candidate or a majority of people wanting that person to be president. So while it solves one problem, it still creates another problem. So another potential solution is instead of doing the interstate compact, all of the states instead of you know awarding their electoral votes to whoever wins the state popular vote or the national popular vote, could just do away with winner-take-all. They could do what Maine and Nebraska do. Instead of doing a winner-take-all system where the person who wins the popular vote gets all of those electoral votes, you apportion them based on congressional district, right? So if you win all of the votes in one congressional district, then you get one electoral vote. But that means that no candidate can win any particular state. You can't win Maine. You can't win Nebraska. You just win a certain amount of electoral votes based on how many people in that state really want to vote for you, right? So instead of winner take all at the national level or the state level, it's at the congressional district level. And so this is a good-ish system because it, like the interstate compact, it does away with this focus on the swing states. Because if you can win electoral votes in any congressional district in any state and you need to get to 270, then the candidates have to focus on every single state, every single congressional district. They still have to appeal broadly because there are electoral votes for them to pick up because states can now split them. Now, this is a good ish system. But what it does is it still means that it's a two-party system because even though electoral votes can be split in each state and the two candidates would have to appeal more broadly, it's still two candidates. The one good thing about the interstate compact and the national popular vote is it does give third parties and special interest groups a chance. But with this solution, it would still be a two-party system because you still need to get to 270. I'm not sure if I've made this point clear, but it is the 270 electoral votes that creates the two-party system because you need to get to a majority. So that's another solution. I'll loop back to this. The final solution, (laughs) not the final solution, (laughs) another solution, the last solution that I'm going to discuss is ranked choice voting. And let me be very clear at the outset. outset. Ranked choice voting is not opposed to winner take all. Ranked choice voting means instead of voting for one candidate, you rank your candidates in terms of your preference, right? So I could rank Joe Biden and then I could rank 
Kanye. And then I could rank a Green Party candidate and then a Libertarian candidate. And then I could put Donald Trump way at the very, very bottom or just not even vote for him at all. The reason that winner take all is interesting is that it avoids a plurality outcome, right? That was the problem with the interstate compact and the national popular vote. What it means is that let's say I ranked five candidates and none of them get a majority, 51% of first place votes. Well, then we would just take the fifth place candidate or the last place candidate out. And then we would look at all of the second place votes for that candidate. And then we would apportion them to the people who are still in the race. And then we would just keep doing that until you either got down to two candidates or you had someone who had a majority of first place votes. What's good about this is you can vote for the person that you really, really want And then second place, you can vote for the person who you think will win. And then last place, you can vote for the person who you absolutely do not want to win, right? It avoids any type of spoiled votes. It avoids this whole lesser of two evils conversation. It allows for people to vote for who they want to vote for while still feeling like they're doing the responsible thing of giving a vote to someone who they think that who they think could win. So it solves a lot of those problems. It also solves the problem of, I think it's called negative partisanship, where basically you have two candidates that just spend all their time attacking the other candidate. Because in this situation, you're not just, the candidates aren't just competing with one other person, they're competing with all of the candidates. And even if they don't get someone's first place vote, they want someone's second or third place vote because that'll be relevant later in the election. So it, it, incentivizes candidates to appeal to a broader base and to focus on themselves and what they can bring versus trying to demean or diminish the other candidates that they're running against. Now, let me be clear. Ranked choice voting is still winner take all. Maine, for instance, is going to do ranked choice voting in this election. And I'm not sure exactly whether or not it's going to be winner take all or they're still going to do these congressional districts. But under under the way that most people would do ranked choice voting, whoever has the most first place votes at the end would still get all of the electoral votes in a certain state. And so ranked choice voting, while it makes it possible for a third party or a special interest group to win it still presents a problem if you just do it state by state without changing the constitution. Here's why. If you don't abolish the electoral college, you still need 270 votes to win. And if you had ranked choice voting in you know, lots of states or even all states, you could have a situation where you have one candidate who wins some, a second candidate who wins some, and a third and fourth candidate who wins some, but nobody gets to 270. And then that would get thrown into the House of Representatives. And then the people just wouldn't even have a chance. Like their vote would basically just not be heard. The popular vote or the democratically the democratically ranked choice voting system just wouldn't count. It would just go to the House and it would just be state by state based on the state legislatures. So there's problems to every single one of these alternative solutions. And so now to basically just wrap up and summarize, I'm going to rank, <laughs> I'm going to rank choice how I think this could go about. So I would say, I would say the best possible thing we could do in the United States is to have a ranked choice national popular vote. What that would mean is that everyone everyone could vote. Every vote would matter. There would be no spoiled votes. You could vote for exactly who you want to vote. 
And then you could vote for who you least want to be in the office. Last, you could vote for the person who you think, you know, is not your favorite, but could win second. You could rank and you could feel good about your vote. And it would, it would, it would ensure that the winner is still a majority candidate winner. Whoever won would still get the majority of votes. So it gets rid of the whole plurality outcome. So I think that's the best thing that we could do, but it's going to be really, really hard to get there for all of the reasons that I expressed at the beginning of this pod. I would say the second best thing we could do is for, hmm, I would say the second best thing we could do is for the state's to do instead of winner take all, do it like Maine and Nebraska, and then have, you know, a portion by congressional district. That doesn't solve the problem of two candidates, but it does solve the problem of the two candidates only having to focus on individual swing states. I think that's better than the interstate compact and just like a regular winner take all national popular vote. Because again, with the national popular vote, interstate compact winner take all, you have the possibility for, you know, a plurality candidate who is fringe to win just more votes than anybody else. And honestly, I think I trust the two party system over that. I don't want anyone from QAnon to become president. Um, And so that's why I, I rank that there. And so with that in mind, you know, I think after this election, there may potentially be a lot of energy, enough energy around doing away with the entire electoral college and going ahead with a ranked choice national popular vote. I don't think the two parties would be about that, but like anything could happen. And that's what I would love to happen. In the shorter term, I think the state's just changing the way that they apportion electoral votes and just being able to split the state instead of doing winner take all is the best thing. And honestly, a good compromise in between those two would be a constitutional amendment where instead of just doing away with the entire electoral college, doing away with the 270 rule doing away with this rule that you have to win 270 electoral votes in order to win. Because if you did that, if you did that, maintain the electoral college, did away with the 270 rule, then you could do ranked choice voting in every single state. And you could have all of the benefits that I described earlier with the national popular vote. But then you could still have you could still have a candidate emerge and be able to win through ranked choice voting in each state without having to do the whole 270, and then it wouldn't get thrown into the House of Representatives. So that's also potentially a a solution. So one last time to rank them, I think the best thing that we could do is ranked choice voting, national popular vote, constitutional amendment. The second best thing we could do is get rid of the 270 rule, do ranked choice voting in every single state. I think the third best thing that we could do is keep the electoral college, keep the 270 rule, and just apportion electoral votes based on who wins each congressional district. And then the last, but still potentially a good thing that we could do is the interstate compact where you keep the electoral college, keep the 270 but you basically just have a national popular vote based on the way the states apportion electoral votes.